Hey, redheads and everyone else listening, I'm Stephanie. I'm Adrienne. Today, we're so excited because this is episode three of, of season, season two. two. And this episode, we have been saving because everyone that we spoke with who loves our podcast, you know, they loved all the different topics in season one. But a lot of people said that, that our skin episodes have really been helping them with their skin. And Stephanie and I have been super passionate about skin since we started How to Be a Redhead because it's so life-changing, especially when you have redhead skin, to finally have the right answers. So these were the most common questions that people wanted answer, answered after we premiered all of our episodes for season one. They wanted to know about affordable products that they could buy at a drugstore that they felt like they could just buy that were redhead friendly approved. And, and they wanted to to know about some things that you can get done in a dermatology office right. that are done in procedure like that day, done by either the, a doctor or um, a physician assistant where it comes to such things as laser hair removal, derma planning, which right. ties into hair removal, and just common things that you can get on top of, you know, products, but actually things that you can get done and to help benefit your skincare regimen and what works. Like these, a lot of these techniques that we're kind of going to talk about this episode tie into and help the use of your products. Right. Like we didn't cover the topic of Botox, for instance, in season one. And so now we're covering it. Um, and I think a lot of people, too, are assuming Stephanie and I are twins. Uh, we're not. We're sisters. But we do a lot of the same thing. So we kind of had to put everything together. And so we found some sisters who are skin experts. So I think that they're going to be really awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited too, especially because they are sisters and they're into skincare. And actually, Coolabar is a UPF clothing company. And if you're listening and have never heard of the term UPF, basically it's sunscreen in your clothes. It's So it's the fabric, yeah. And Coolabar, they actually sponsored our fashion shows at some Rocket Like a Redhead events in 2015. And so we've known about them for several years now. And Adrian and I own a couple items from their lines, like tunics they have and really cool things that you can bring with you on weekend getaway getaways. Like I know when we're on the beach or outside and after a, a while of just being in the shade, I like to put something over my shoulders and they have just really great um, light fabric, long sleeve shirts that you can just put right over your bathing suits. They have a bathing suit line. So anyway, we reached out to them because we knew that we wanted to focus on skincare, talk about, you know, sun, and we will be touching upon that later into the season of our podcast. But they told us about these two sisters in Minneapolis who are sisters and they have a website called The Skin Sisters. Their Instagram is The Skin Sisters. So it was like a no brainer to reach out to them and, you know, the sister vibe and the skin vibe. So they have a decade. So first off, their names are Brooke and Lauren and they are the sisters and the founders of The Skin Sisters. And they have a decade of professional dermatology experience. Um, they both are board certified dermatology physician assistants and have expertise in the aspects of dermatology from skincare, 
skin cancer surgery to cosmetic procedures. And so they're based in the Midwest and they work at a dermatology laser hair removal place. But what's really cool and what we love about their website and especially on their social media, it's super informative. They really bring things down and really talk about everything from hair shedding, which we will be talking about later in the episode, Um, They talk about nails, they talk about hair, and it's really great because you see their sister vibe and you see just their love for skin portrayed on their Instagram. And like I'm looking right now and they do, what I love too is they'll post this photo, for instance, of these two products on their Instagram, but they won't just give like two sentence captions, which Adrian and I, when it comes to like H2 bar boxes, Instagram, we believe like less is more. But when it comes to something and you're talking about skincare. And you're, you're giving people education. Totally. They really give you a rundown. Six paragraphs. This article, this caption is on Instagram and that may seem like a lot. What? Are you laughing it's at? It's so funny. <laughs> Just what? the way you say things. Oh, my accent? You're like six paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> but they talk about these two products in detail and not even we like. We love skin, so we love reading it. Yeah. But then they talk about so many fun topics and um so anyway, we're really excited to have them on and to dive into some a lot of questions and just make things really informative for you guys because I know we go to dermatology office and there's so much that they do that I think a lot of people don't know. Um, so I think it's really important to t- just dive in on products that you can get at at really affordable prices. And I think that's what's really great too about a lot of drugstores like CVS, my love for CVS. You love CVS. But how now they started bringing in more brands. So long story, we're really excited to have them on and to talk about everything and to really highlight these topics. And if there's a topic that maybe at the end of the episode that you kind of wish that we talked about, because of course we can't talk to them for like hours and hours, feel free to direct message us on Instagram or email us at info at howtobearedhead.com and we'll be happy to take your questions and turn them into another episode. Let's call them. Yeah. (laughs) The H2 Bar Box, a monthly beauty subscription box for redheads. Each box is worth $80 plus and each product is redhead friendly approved. Head to h2barbox.com to subscribe and use code podcast to receive 20% off. Hello. Hi, Lauren and Brooke. Hi. Hi, it's Adrian and Stephanie. Hi, guys. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Good, good. Um, So we're really excited to have you on the How to Be a Redhead podcast. Um, We love talking about skin. And so when we were talking with Coolabar, they were like, you have to talk to the skin sisters. And oh my we God, like, they're the best. Yeah, and we love sisters, obviously. We're so <laughs> we love sisterhood. So we thought it would be really fun. So thank you for coming on. Thanks oh, for having you. So we'll dive right into it because, you know, first of all, we um, we want to know how you got started in skincare. But most importantly, Stephanie and I both, we were asking questions to each other about you two. Are you sisters, but you're not twins? Correct. Correct. But we're only 13 months apart. Oh, wow. wow. So <laughs> Irish twins, right? Pretty much. Okay. That's awesome. I know people think Stephanie and I are twins, but we're two years how apart. Far? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How yeah. Far? So how is it working together? How did it come about? You know, how's your relationship evolved, you know, throughout the years? 
So we didn't start off working together. I was, so we're both board certified physician assistants and I went to, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, this is Lauren talking. So I went to PA school and went into dermatology when I was living out in New York and Brooke was living on the West coast in San Francisco at the time in like a completely different field. Mm. And yeah, so after college, we both went to college together at the University of Wisconsin. And so Lauren went east to New York City and I went west to San Francisco and worked in technology public relations for just about five years and then did a complete career change and pursued a career in public health and then in physician assistant studies. And then by that time, Lauren had been working in dermatology for it been six like, years. Yeah, years. six or wow. seven years at that point. Yeah. And so she encouraged me to try and get my first job in dermatology, um, get my foot in the door, see if I liked it. And of course I loved it. And But it was kind of by accident. Like yeah. Brooke wanted to go into emergency, emergency. medicine. Oh, wow. But, okay. But that is so that it, is very different, you know, emergency yeah. medicine mm-hmm. to dermatology. Yes. Yeah. So have you guys like, just try it. (laughs) Yeah. So have you guys always loved skin growing up? Yes. Yes. So we grew up, there's four kids in our family and three of us, three girls. So it was always like makeup, skincare. And I mean, skincare was different, right? Like we grew up in the eighties and the nineties. It's like the world of Nivea. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. But we loved like lotions and potions and all of that fun stuff. Cool. So we get a lot of questions from our audience on laser hair removal and um, the fact that, you know, it's just known that redheads can't really get laser. So we wanted to discuss, can actually redheads get laser? Like if they were to call where you guys work and they say right off the bat, I'm a redhead, can they get laser hair removal? So laser hair removal works. There's all sorts of different lasers just in general. The lasers that we use for hair removal target the pigment in the hair. So many redheads, there's not pigment, right? So Mm -hmm. if you have light red hair or strawberry blonde, there's nothing for that laser to actually see and target and and that energy to be absorbed into. But some redheads have darker hair that has pigment in it. And so laser hair removal may be an option for them. So we always, you know, if someone's interested in laser hair removal, we always tell them to come in and then by examining them, we can, you know, usually tell if they'll be a good candidate or else we'll do a test spot and see if the hairs respond. Okay. So for instance, like Adrian and I both have blonde on our arms and would that be a pigment that you guys that could pick up if to get laser? No. So okay. you, you have to, it has to have like a, you know, a differential in pigment basically between the skin and the hair. So like fair skin with a brown hair works great because the laser easily is, picks up that pigment. Okay. So let's say, I think with a lot of redheads that we kind of pulled with asking this question, it was typically where they were blonde on their arms, their armpits though. And Adrian and myself are both like this. It's a little darker. Um, like mine's almost brown, Adrian. I no, don't know. No, mine isn't. Oh. Mine's blonde. <laughs> okay. So, Not that you've ever like inspected my arm. No, I know. I know. <laughs> but, um, so TMI, but if it's, how about in your, you know, your private area, um, if it's red hair, like bright, bright red, is that a pigment that laser can pick up? Cause it's not blonde. I, I mean, a true red, maybe not, but often okay. redheads have like kind of 
darker hair, like in the private area or in the underarms. Okay. And that can be picked up. Okay. And something that's great is that usually, you know, redheads have lighter skin tones. So if you have a little bit deeper of a red tone to your hair against light skin, that actually ends up being a really optimal um, laser hair removal as long as there's like very dark red hair. Okay. Yeah. And there are so many redheads across the world. Like we, you know, people write in all the time who are like, they're, they're Asian with red hair. Or right. Like they're African. What? Yeah. With red hair. So There's interesting. So many. There's so many from all over the world. They write in and it's so crazy. They're like, we're natural redheads. But of course, like both sides had some kind of red on their side to have a redhead baby. Like we were just thinking Meghan Markle. I know. Don't worry, they could have. Yeah, they could have. Archie could be. Yeah, yeah. could be. Who knows? Totally. <laughs> so our niece is a redhead. She, our sister, has brown hair like us, and our brother-in-law has brown hair. But our niece has bright red hair. Oh wow! See, see, yeah. so it's on both sides to get that yeah. gene. Right, right. I know, Stephanie. You have a question too about derma planning. Yeah. So we were scrolling your Instagram, and we saw that you guys highlighted this, and I actually got derma planning done about a year ago. And um, it's something that I personally have always been really self-conscious about, especially on, I just have a lot of facial hair, even though it's blonde, it's peach fuzzy. And I think we always, I always say that I take after more on our mom's side, who is Swedish. And I don't know if Swedes are known to have that's what she told us growing up. She said my whole Swedish family had just a lot of facial hair. Um, So I guess we wanted to kind of talk about derma planning. And since I really had a great experience with it and see, you know, if um, I guess one of the questions that we see a lot is, does the hair grow back thicker if someone was to get it done? So we absolutely love dermaplaning. We'll just throw that out there. We are right there with you. Why don't you too, if someone's listening and doesn't understand what dermaplaning is, if you can explain it. Yeah. Yeah. So dermaplaning is a in-office procedure where a surgical grade blade is used to gently remove what's called vellus hair or like the soft peach fuzzy hair on the skin, as well as the top dead skin layer. So it brightens things up. It certainly smooths things to the nth degree, Um, but it should be done in a controlled environment like a dermatology office, just because using a sharp blade can put you at risk for lots of things from infection to scarring. Um, So you do want to be seeing a professional for that. In terms of does the hair come back thicker, we get this question a lot. And no, the hair doesn't grow back thicker. Your hair will grow back. You're not removing the hair follicle itself. You're just smoothing it from the top. But the hair doesn't grow back thicker. Um, Usually to maintain your results, you're looking at anywhere between six to eight weeks. You might be able to go longer. You might be coming in sooner depending on your own personal hair growth pattern. Um, but we absolutely love dermaplaning. It, you know, helps your makeup go on so smoothly. It helps your skincare products to work better. You know, it's just a really, really great procedure that's widely available now. And then how about someone who has acne? Are they a good candidate for dermaplaning? So a patient who has acne, you would definitely want to see, um, you know, a derm PA or a dermatologist for a consult before you would dermaplane, you wouldn't want to dermaplane someone who's in a 
active acne flare. Okay. But having acne or having a history of acne doesn't um, take dermaplaning off the table completely. And there are some types of acne, like what's called comedonal acne, where it's more like clogged pores that responds great to dermaplaning because it can kind of get rid of everything that clogs up the skin and then allows the acne medicines to actually absorb better and work better. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So it's different than cystic acne. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then how, so with face shaving, like if someone was to do that at home. Because it's probably a quick thing to do, right? To just like shave your face if you can't do anything else. Do you recommend it? We do not. We actually recommend against it. We've just seen problems. You know, it's if you're doing face shaving at home, this isn't like taking a Bic razor. It's actually a blade. So you're at risk for scarring and infection, um, you know, which it's just not worth taking on that that risk at home. And Sometimes okay. it's like it's like the cost savings from <laughs> right. getting, you know, a face shaving razor on Amazon versus what you know, the like horror of having a skin infection on your face. There's just no comparison. It is not worth the risk. Yeah. We have a popular post that we, I, I, this is Adrian. I found out that I was allergic to nickel like five or six years ago because I used to just shave and I thought, oh, I just have sensitive skin. But then I realized it's because of the razor that interests me all of these problems. And so we actually did a post about it. This was like in 2013. And to this day, we still like repost it like once a year because people love to talk about it. But it's so common. It seems like even nickel, maybe if you're not actually allergic, but maybe you're just uh, you're just highly sensitive to nickel. My husband's the same way. He has red hair and like his his neck breaks out so bad with any kind. So when you're dermaplaning, is it nickel or is it what is the actual blade? Do you know? I think, and we would have to double check. I believe it's stainless steel. Okay. At least in a in a derm pack. The medical grade gets you know, it gets cleaned and sterilized and everything. Um, I believe it's stainless steel, and we can check on that for you for sure. Yeah, it's just a common. You know, Stephanie and I were talking about it before, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask them because so many redheads worry about that now, and so it's something that I always, you know worry about too so and there's not a lot of nickel free razors no, out there no so hopefully that changes over time yeah, yeah. and it's such a common sensitivity it is. it is and it really makes you know the it's, it's uncomfortable not, yeah nothing's worse than shaving and mm. you know you want to feel good after a good shave and then you just have bumps so that people must think they're like shaving wrong or I don't know. It must be confusing. For me, it was at least when you're like a teenager. You're or like, you go through a lot of yeah. shaving creams thinking that it's a shaving cream, it's a shaving cream or, yeah. you know, it's or, or you yeah. think it's the razor and then you spend all this money on because right. razors. And then especially if you buy those replacement cartridges, you know, yeah, at the drugstore, they're expensive. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So kind of talking about now products for a little bit. Let's dive into skin hydrating sprays. Again, we looked, we stalked you guys on (laughs) Instagram. And, you know, for someone listening to that, maybe they don't know, this is their first time hearing about skin hydrating sprays. We just wanted to kind of touch upon this a little bit, especially with the warmer weather coming up. And so what are they? And then which ones are your favorite? So this is Brooke and I am a daily user and sometimes oftentimes hoarder of facial hydrating. 
I love them. I am so glad that they've become commonplace and easy to find. I think they're such a great addition to any skincare routine or cosmetic routine. So hydrating sprays and mists are very literally that. They take um, hydrating molecules, usually some sort of essential oils or hyaluronic acid, which is a really hydrating molecule. Mm. You'll see ingredients like vitamin E, and it's put into a liquid form that you can spray on your face that then supports your skin's moisture barrier. In addition, you get the you know, really enjoyable experience of having something nice, fragrant, refreshing. They can set your makeup. They can refresh your makeup. And it's all around, you know, for any climate, for any time of year, a nice way to maintain your skin's natural hydration barrier. Um, I use one that I purchased at Target from the brand Pixie. It's called their Rose oh, yeah, Pixie. Yeah, they're, oh, oh, I love that yes. one. I love it. So, when you see that one on the counter, it looks like it's two different liquids in one because the essential oils separate from the hydrating, you know, liquidy water part below. So you can tell what kind of ingredients are in the sprays if it's a clear packaging like that. So I use that morning and evening. I love how it smells. I love how it feels. I love how the actual spray mist is really fine. You know, sometimes you'll get ones and it feels like you had a hose spray on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one is a really fine mist and, and I absolutely love it. And then I have one from Caudalie, um, that's their beauty elixir. This is sort of like a, it's like a original gangster of hydrating mists. It's been around forever. It's super herbal. Isn't really? the original gangster, the Evian? Spray? Oh yeah. The original oh, yeah. yeah. That is right. a really great one. Evian. That was like high school days right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so really. Good call. You know, and only a sister would remind you of that. That's, yeah, so true. that's so true. So do you put, do you spray after your skincare regimen? Like how would someone implement a spray into their everyday routine? Great question. So I put the spray on right after I get out of the shower. I wrap myself in a towel and then I spray oh. my face, my neck, my chest. Um, and then I start with my skincare routine, you know, with serums and creams, et cetera. So okay. after you've cleansed after your you face. Cleanse. Yep. So like I wash my face in the shower, pat dry, and then the facial mist is what goes on first. It's that pixie mist. Mm. And then I use the Caudalie throughout the day. Um, we also have it, we have a shared workspace and we have a facial mist from, who is it? Mario Badescu. Oh yeah. That's up there great. that we can use, you know, midday. It's a nice wake up and it's nice to just sort of replump and rehydrate your skin when maybe you don't want to put another cream on top of your makeup. Yeah. So someone who has oily skin that maybe is a little afraid of putting something like this or an oil on their skin, it's not going to clog their pores if they were to spray it over their makeup throughout the day. For someone with a really oily skin type or who's more acneiform or, you know, prone to acne, the formulations from Evian and Aven that are just pure hydrating molecules without essential oils may be a better place to start. Okay. Yeah, I can see that because I have very sensitive skin. This is Adrian, more than Steph. And I know that I've always had to start with something like Evian, but now that I my skin is used to a lot of product... I, I'm able to use anything that I want now with skin hydrating, but it took a while for my skin to like get used to it. The same with retinol and all those oh, yeah. different things. It, it takes a while for my skin to get used to it. Yeah, you have really sensitive skin. Have you so guys ever sensitive. used the the spray, the facial mist from Trader Joe's? 
I did. Yeah, the rose one. Yeah, what'd you a think? A lot of people ask us about that. You know, I really liked it. Yeah, I it was so did I. Very similar, yeah, to the Pixie. Um, you know, and Trader Joe's, just as an aside, I feel like it's great that they're offering more skincare. I agree. I their wipes too, which are great. Yeah, and they I have know a great. Um, they have a, a vitamin great, E oil. I love their vitamin E oil for the skin, and I love. I like their, their shower gel. I really love their uh, their face lotion. Yeah, it's very simple. It's great for sensitive skin. Mm-hmm. I think because we like should try that. Very low. Yeah, we should do a whole Trader Joe's right up. Yeah, yeah, you guys should because yeah, I think we'll they're they're getting sure. more skews. Every time we go into the store, we start noticing in their beauty aisle that I think that in a couple years that it's going to be like a whole aisle because they're adding more to their lines, which is really cool. And it's all super affordable. Yeah, totally. I know. So, okay, hair shedding. I know, Adrian. You're not, it's not like you're passionate about this topic, I but like unbelievable. <laughs> um, we saw that you guys wrote on your blog in March on your website, highlighting this particular topic. So, and what we, we did an article very similar back a couple years ago, cause Adrian experiences really bad hair shedding. Like you go throughout her house and it's mixed in with her dog hair, but it's it everywhere. Is, it is, it is. Oh, no. And yeah, we have an animal Dyson vacuum, thank God. Because I was like, Yeah, I know. Good purchase. Yeah. So when we did that article, we, of course, shared it with our audience. And we were so surprised to find out that so many other redheads, you know, were saying the exact same thing that they... And we joke, Adrian and I, that our husbands always say that... Oh my God, you're clogging, you know, the shower because of your, the red hair. So, you know, I loved what you guys, as your topic for the blog was what's going on with my hair. So we wanted to touch upon that because it's a topic that we've never talked about on our podcast when it comes to hair shedding and what's kind of been what you've learned about the topic. So hair shedding is something that this is Lauren, and this is something that we see often in the office, like every day, it actually is a, there's a name for it. It's a condition called telogen effluvium and shedding usually happens like as a response to something. So maybe you start a new medication or there's a stressful event in your life or whatever it is. And then a few months later, you kind of start to shed. And that's usually when someone comes to see us. So it's not always like super obvious what's causing the shedding. So we do an exam and we kind of like pull, see how many hairs are shedding and do blood work. And sometimes we'll even like take a little sample of the scalp. And so we do a pretty thorough workup in hopes that we can kind of find like maybe a vitamin deficiency or, you know, something that's going on that can, that can be addressed so we can kind of help to reverse that hair shedding. Oftentimes it reverses on its own. So like someone, you know, might, have like increased shedding after maybe some sort of stressful event. And then like, that's a few months later. And then a few months after that, it kind of reverses on its own. There's also, that's like kind of like the medical condition of this hair shedding, but there's also normal hair shedding. I mean, sometimes, you know, both males and females will come in and, you know, they're really concerned about hair shedding, but we'll do an exam and they're shedding just a normal amount, you know? And so not all shedding is dangerous or, or, you know, worrisome or, you know, linked to something else. It it can be normal, but, you know, it's, I think it's good to know that like, if the shedding doesn't seem normal anymore, and it seems like, you know, you're, when you wash your hair, you're shedding more, getting more hairs down the drain, that that's the time to go see a dermatology provider. What I found so interesting about hair shedding is 
you know, I don't think mine is an excessive case, but if it was, I don't know if I would know to go to a dermatologist. And now that you're talking about it and I hear like how knowledgeable you are, I'm like, oh, it makes total sense because it's the scalp and like that's hair, you know, I mean, that's hair on the skin really. So it really is all connected to the skin. Yeah. So we, as like dermatology providers, we're specialists in not only the skin, but the hair and the nails also, which is, makes it so that's much so fun. Cool. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, it's all connected. The body's amazing. Totally. I forget about mm-hmm. nails too. Cause that's such, yeah, that's a skin. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool how everything's connected, right? I know. Like the body knows to reset when you're not stressed anymore. That's so cool. Or like totally. you grow hair. But I know when it comes to scalps, for instance, so many redheads always write into us saying that they got, you know, they spent a weekend. This is a scenario, but they spent a weekend at the beach and they don't know how they got a sunburn on their scalp. But we always. Oh, my to- gosh. That's I know. So common. And now there are products actually that are meant to go on the part like sunscreens for your scalp. Yeah, I know. Um, Shishido. Um, Shishido has one. of the Yeah, ones. it's that blue bottle. Mm-hmm. But I think so common, you know, in the sense that, you know, it's a part of your skin. And I know my husband and I, we went to Mexico last month and he would, I mean, as age, you know, men, their hair starts thinning. And he was saying that he had to put for the first time ever sunscreen on his head because you forget that that's an area that could be sunburned. And like, do you guys see a lot of patients coming in that have maybe dry scalps or flaky? Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of different things that can cause like dry, flaky scalps, but certainly we see like one of the things that we do often in the office is like a skin cancer screening, right? Where we look someone over and make sure that there's nothing worrisome. And especially on adult men, we see so many precancers and skin cancers on the scalp and just like generally signs of sun damage. So in addition to sunscreen, we always recommend that both males and females wear hats. Like if they're going to be outdoors and this could be like a baseball hat or, you know, sun protective brands like Coolie Bar make like really awesome hats that are waterproof or, you know, for athletic activity. Um, so actually like physically blocking the area is the best because sometimes if they're not totally bald, it's hard to get the sunscreen on the scalp. I know. And then it's, yeah, especially it, you have to know that if your hair is fairly clean and you like the way it looks, when I apply sunscreen, you have to treat it like, you know, you're at the beach, your hair is going to get ruined and it's going to get oily or greasy. So after you apply it, you know, but you kind of have to treat it like a beach spray and just embrace the fact that if you're not wearing a hat, but I totally get that. Like I love, there are some really great options now that are powder sunscreens that we oftentimes recommend for the scalp because they come in, you know, clear to dark Brown. Um, And so those are really great, you know, for kids, for, you know, someone who has a part in their hair or someone who has thinning hair. And then you can try, you know, as much as you can in a hot climate, to avoid that kind of greasy, matted down hair scenario. I think Supergoop just came out with Yeah, they did. Oh, they did? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Supergoop. Color science. Because I know um, Kula, who we love, they have a scalp mist. And I think it's it's like in a teal bottle. But I know, um, I I didn't know Supergoop had one. And then 
I always see like the powder sunscreens, like Color Science has one or oh, Mineral Fusion. Yeah, yeah, where they're so for great. your face. But I guess I didn't think about putting a powder on your scalp. That's such a good yeah. tip. Yeah, we those like that color science powder. I always say that's my secret weapon because you don't want to maybe apply. I mean, not even specifically for the scalp, but like during the day, you should be reapplying sunscreen every couple hours at least. So it's a lot easier to actually go through with that if it's a powder, you know, <laughs> as opposed to like who's maybe you don't want to put on like cream if you're out at an outdoor wedding or something or even just running around. Definitely, I know. So we know that. You guys, of course, your skincare regimen is probably amazing. And you um, have probably some like your your favorite, favorite brands and products. And we wanted to talk about those and kind of put a twist on it since it is a, you know, we're redheads and it's a podcast on what are some of your like go to products that can work with, you know, that work for you, of course, because you use them on a day to day basis, but brands that you're just really loving this season and that you would recommend to, let's say, a redhead patient who came in and um, just some of your like go to favorite products out there. So it's such a great question. And there are so many awesome products. One thing we really try and focus on is whenever we're talking to patients or answering questions on our Instagram or whatever, you know, we always like to balance, you know, really high quality drugstore finds that won't break the bank with more of the cosmeceuticals or things you might find at your dermatologist's office or something like that. So this is Brooke and I really love um, La Roche-Posay products that are available over the counter. They're awesome. I really, they're so great. Really high quality, really approachable price point, And they offer a spectrum of products that ranges from you know, body care to skin care, sun care, which I use, you know, regularly. Um, they have a great product that's an antioxidant serum sunscreen. And that's mm. part of my, my daily regimen. Um, and I love their body cream as well. It's just really nice, suitable for all skin types. And then they offer, you know, targeted lines if you're sensitive, if you're acne prone, if you have normal skin. So it's a really great one you can find easily, you know, at Walgreens or Target. Um, for like other drugstore brands, CeraVe is something that Lauren initially mm. turned me on to when I was still in grad school. And I think both of us would say that it's like it's our so affordable. Girl. Yeah. I mean, so affordable. CeraVe PM. It's not like for everyone, right? It's a lightweight moisturizing lotion, but for like spring and summer, when you don't need that super strong, like creamy hydration, I think CeraVe PM is like the best drugstore product that ever lived. For sure. I <laughs> yeah. totally for, agree. Like 10 bucks. And I, and I love every time I go to my dermatologist, I try to get us, Adrian and I both, but we get skin checks once or twice a year just because we have a lot of freckles. And my dermatologist always gives me those little samples. And I love them because they're great for traveling. But I totally agree. It's our and in college too, my roommates and I, we had a huge bottle of it. And it's super affordable and it really does the work and it really worked for my skin. It's so it's such a nice product. And then I tend to splurge. This is Brooke again. I tend to splurge on serums. And right now I'm using something from Skin Medica called their TNS Essential Serum. It's like an all-in-one super magical um, serum that, you know, brightens, tightens, plumps. I'm trying to use things that are, you know, three-in-one, four-in-one, five-in-one because I have a little baby at home and 
we're we're short on time a little bit. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know serums. We always talk about serums. We actually just did a poll on Insta stories last week where we were talking about this one particular serum and we did a poll on do you use serums and over 60% said no on our audience. I know. So we wanted to make sure I'm so happy you brought that up because brought up serums because Adrian and I Right when we see that, we're like, oh, my God, we need to do more articles. We need to talk about more serums. We need to talk about it on our podcast because I don't think a lot of consumers from that poll, it showed that they don't use serums. And I don't like if someone was to ask you, why would I need a serum? What would you say? So serums are a great, this is Lauren and Brooke and I both love serums because they're a great way to get a super high concentration of active ingredients onto the skin. So it's easy, you know, it's an easy thing. It's like lightweight. Um, so anyone can use it. Generally, they're not irritating. Many serums are also safe, like during pregnancy and nursing, which is great. But we like serums because they give you like a big bang for your buck. So like Brooke said, that's an area where she tends to splurge. I'm the same because as opposed to like a cleanser, which stays on your skin for 10 seconds, you know, a serum actually stays on all day and can deliver really powerful antioxidants to both protect your skin, but also repair your skin. Yeah, I know that I I notice it right after I use one, don't you, Adrian? Yeah, it took me a long time, though, for my skin to get used to serums. I felt like they get irritated my skin a little bit. Yeah, you have Um, extremely more sensitive But now I I use serums all the time. What I I started doing for me was I would mix my serum with my favorite moisturizer to get my skin used to it. And I did the same with retinol because it was the only way to put it on my skin. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly depending on the type of serum, some can be more irritating to sensitive skin, but there are other great ones like Brooke and I both use hyaluronic acid serums. Oh yeah. So do we. I love it. They're awesome. They help to actually not just add moisture, but lock in moisture. So your skin is really holding on to moisture for like a full 24 hours. Um, And they can be mixed with, you know, other gentle ingredients like niacinamide or B5 that kind of calm actually the skin. Yeah, that's a really good tip. I should do that. And we wanted to ask too, do you guys do Botox? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Not right now because I'm breastfeeding, but oh, yes. Yeah, it really works well with products. All your products. I know. Our skin glows after it. Yeah. It is like – it's – it's really life changing. It's preventative. It's preventative. It is. It is. Is yeah. Is that why you girls love it too? Because it's preventative. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. We're seeing more and more, you know, patients in their mid twenties that say, you know, I don't want to get these deep lines, and you know, they're starting earlier, and then it just helps things to stay nice and smooth and super youthful. It's such a great product because- with so- tons of research behind it. Yes, I I love that you pointed that out because yeah. I think you know a lot of when we tell people we get it or we, you know, it's been a couple years now, we, it's almost, it's not like they're judging, but there's some people there, they tell us, oh my gosh, I would never think that you guys would get that. And I think, you know, you're, it's not like we're getting, we just do it really naturally where, um, but there's been so much studies out there. And like, we talked to this one dermatologist who's a redhead, Dr. Bauman, and she lives in Miami and she's crazy. She like founded 
boat didn't she adrian she something helped, she helped with the formulation of botox like or in the late 80s or something yeah, yeah she does a lot of really neat research she yeah. does and she mm-hmm. always talks about on her blog and her social media the fact that you know, it's preventative. You can start with a little amount of units, but all the science behind Botox and how it really does work. And it helps with all the products that we mentioned. I, you know, when you, when you get Botox and a few days later, you put on that serum, I do notice a big difference. Yeah. It's like working together. Yeah. We always talk with our patients about kind of like protecting your investment, right? So you Mm -hmm. decide to do Botox because you don't want deep lines but then you all, and so that's helping with the muscle activity, but then you also have to make your skin healthy and it all kind of like all works together for skin health. Definitely. Right, right. And do you think your number one, like if anyone could use one product, say even after Botox or maybe if they don't even use Botox, but is it sunscreen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. No question. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it's a number one ager, isn't it? Yeah. There's, there's a lot the of studies. Yeah. There's studies that show like First of all, sun can cause wrinkles and sunspots, but the sunspots actually age someone more than wrinkles, and those really come just from the sun. Yeah, and I think... I mean, not to mention, like, safety and skin cancer and all sorts of things. Totally, and I think with pigmentation, you know, it's it's a sensitive topic with redheads because, you know, for instance, this is Stephanie, Adrian doesn't really have anything, you have no freckles on your face, whereas I have a lot, and of course, they've gradually faded over time but I think when we talk about pigmentation versus freckles and we bring up certain things like a chemical peel and other things with our audience we're not telling them and we make sure to let them know this but we're not telling them you know we don't like our freckles freckles are awesome because it is a form of pigmentation but at the same time you don't want them to get super dark you don't want them to form into something that could turn into melanoma so I think that's the benefit of going to a dermatologist and kind of getting your the pigmentation kind of checked out And like, if a patient was to come into you girls and like, um, you know, sit down and say, I love my freckles, but I don't want, I want to see them. I don't want them to get worse. Of course I can use a sunscreen, but are there any like, uh, procedures or anything that they can get done to kind of, you know, decrease the pigmentation? Yes. There are so many things that you can do and use to treat pigment. This is Brooke. Um, you know, starting from things like using different serums that sort of gently lift away or turn back the clock on pigment to chemical peels that do the same thing to a little bit um, deeper of a degree. And then there are lasers and lots of topical creams. And it all depends on the person, the pigment and the whole picture of, of what they're coming in for. Okay, yeah, I yeah. know. I love talking about. We could talk about skin forever, forever, forever. <laughs> so, you guys, um, for all the people listening who are in your local area, can you let them know where they can come see you and how they can yeah, make an appointment? So, absolutely. So, we're in the Minneapolis area. On Instagram, we're at the Skin Sisters, and we're in Edina at Zell Skin and Laser in the 50th and France neighborhood. Brooke and I job share, and one of us is there. Um, every day. So the phone number there to the Zell Skin and Edina is 952-929-8888. Great. Awesome. And, um, you know, we always say too, if anyone listening has any questions for you guys, we'll make sure to get those questions and then we can always, you know, answer them on social media or in an article 
article. Oh my yeah, God, I, I, I know my accent. Oh my, I it comes out. Her <laughs> like Rhode Island my, Boston accent. Like it comes so out funny. when there's any like R's or A's. But we, um, <laughs> but feel free. We always like to let our audience know that if any questions, um, that we'll be happy to answer them. Absolutely. Of course. All right. Well, great meeting you guys via the podcast. And uh, we hope you have a great summer and we'll talk through social media. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Well, now we have a reason to go to Minneapolis or not just a reason to go, but if we did do a pop-up event, I know we could totally see them because they were awesome. We is talking about the pop-up events. Stephanie and I, you know, we can't believe it, but we spent all of 2015 doing the Rocket Like a Redhead of Beauty events. And it was a huge undertaking for us because it was five cities. And then we got our book deal and all of 2016, we toured throughout even like triple the cities, you know, for our book tour. And so then we said, we're going to focus 2017 and 2018 on H2 Bar Box. And I think we've done a great job at that. And we've really, really worked hard to build it. And now we're in 2019 and we're like, oh, wow, maybe we should do beauty events mixed with the box to kind of like coincide all these years. So Stephanie and I have just been in the midst of not only planning the H2 Bar Deluxe box that's going to be coming out, but also planning for basically these pop-up How to Be a Redhead events. Uh, We had a little mini event in March with Madison Reed in New York City. And it was kind of a preview. Benefit Cosmetics was there and other makeup brands. And, you know, we noticed how much our audience loved being there and how much we missed interacting with the women who are our followers. So we are going to be planning something. So I think maybe Minneapolis will be there and we can visit the Skin Sisters. Yeah, I learned totally. I've been to St. Paul. Really? I've been to St. Paul uh, and I really, really. Oh yeah, because they're the twin cities. So yeah. they're close. They're really. They're really so close. I know. I really I've never liked, been there. I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. I thought the people were cool. I don't want to go when it's cold out. No, and a lot of things were underground, and I thought this is weird. And then my friend who I was with said, "No, it's because it's so cold here." That's like Chicago. I would want to yeah. do if we did Chicago again. We will add Minneapolis, and then I think, but doing that in like July, August, September would be a good time. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, definitely if you're writing in or if you're writing a review about the podcast or if you're Instagramming us or Facebooking us, definitely feel free to always tell us what city you're in. We're always interested in knowing. Our top cities for 2015 were Austin, Nashville, Seattle, Chicago, and New York City. Mm -hmm. And I know for our book tour, we kind of spread it even more. We did um, Houston. We did California. We did Portland, Oregon. Uh, what other cities did we do? We did Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I think we haven't touched upon some of the Florida's Southern California. We haven't. No, um, we'll add some the more cities in the Midwest. So, and then I think one thing I learned from the Skin Sisters, I want to go get a hydrating spray. And, and I'm so happy that we talked about it. Botox. I feel like Stephanie and I sometimes are afraid to talk about it because it's something like you see people and you're like, they have beautiful skin. And to be real, like nine out of 10 times, they have Botox. That's why it looks so great. And I'm sure that But I like that we get it naturally done. We like do. our we get it like four or five months, we get it done. And our the, the woman who does it in Wilmington, where we get it done, every time she's like, no, you don't need it there yet. No. And I like that because she wants us to look as natural as possible. Right. But I think it's okay. It is what it is. As you get older, 
you start seeing lines. And because we're on How to Be a Redhead working constantly on our computers, Stephanie and I both were getting that 11 mark right in the middle. And I remember one of our friends was like, well, if you're getting that, you have to just freeze it so you don't make that facial expression anymore. And so now it makes sense to me, like now that I'm in my 30s, that you kind of have to freeze that area so it doesn't make that. But I mean, we're not interested in doing like fillers and all the other stuff that are, I mean, I think about getting fillers (laughs) on like the sides of my mouth sometimes, but I haven't done it yet. But I think the root of everything too, and Adrian and I, yeah, we may get Botox, but we eat really healthy. We believe in staying hydrated. Oh, yeah. We, have we like love our skincare regimen. Nonstop. And We're I think always diet, sunscreen. always wearing sunscreen. So it's, it's yes, that's something that we do, but we also do these other four or five really important things that right. I think make our skincare, make our skin even better. Yeah, Botox is great. And I know that we always say like- You can't just do Botox, exactly what the skin sisters were saying. Yeah. You can't just do Botox. You need to have, you need to reapply sunscreen every two hours. You need to really take care of your skin, invest in a a great serum, wear UPF clothing, a hat, all of that stuff. And just make sure at the end of the day, it's all about confidence and loving who you are and just making your skin, you know, your skin is something that you should invest in. You know, it gets, you have to treat it with TLC because it goes with you throughout every stage in your life as you get older. Right. So you want to, but you always have your amazing red hair too. So that's a plus. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Well, until next week, so excited to be back for season two and rock Rock like like a redhead. redhead.